welcome to the latest episode of Bam Weekly. That's Boris and Matt Weekly, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment, and then at the end of the episode, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment, better known as wrestling. We're your hosts, as always. I'm Boris, and I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. It's the dog days of summer. It's a rainy, humid day in Toronto, but we're still here to hopefully brighten your spirits. We're going to talk a lot of wrestling, a little tiny bit of entertainment. I do have something I want to throw at you off the top of the show. Not so many sports and chats this week. Not really much going on in sports. I guess there's like the World Juniors, but uh, fuck Hockey Canada, so... Yeah, exactly. Uh, that So that was a thing that happened. And it's just so funny. Like, you know, like just to quickly touch on that, the whole Hockey Canada stuff, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. You know, last week we, we were talking about everything that was happening with Hockey Canada. And, you know, when I, when I was doing my research, a lot of people were like, you know, F Hockey Canada, stuff needs to change. But then you, I knew this was going to happen. And if obviously, as Canada was getting further into the tournament and into the finals, the tone changed. You know, people can't keep, uh, you know, you know, they can't skip a year. You know, for lack of a better term, they can't, uh, you know, hold their hold their line. They can't, you know, and it kind of pisses me off because all weekend, and it may have just been people who just came out of the woodwork, but everyone's like, we need to support this team, they need our support, blah, 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 and then, you know, obviously when they won the gold, it was just like, praise Hockey Canada and bullshit like that. Yeah, I, I actually didn't see a lot of that, so yeah, may, but I'm sure it was out there, man. Thankfully, I didn't see much of it, but yeah, man, that's, it's... It's a rough year for Hockey Canada, and it, it falls on the shoulders of these uh, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, which is very unfortunate. Like, some of them are even younger. A, a Connor Bedard isn't even 18 yet. And, man, it's just, like, it's really sad for those kids, but at the same time, like, it's not the year, especially because it's in the summer, and it's just, like, people don't want to think about international hockey, about Hockey Canada, about specifically the World Junior Program, which is where a lot of these atrocities started man so yeah it's just it's not it's not the time it was it was a tough beat for the city of edmonton putting on uh important hockey games to empty buildings yeah essentially until saturday right like uh but that's yes. all the that's all the breath that those are all the words we're gonna give that matt how are you doing Oh, I'm good, man. Busy, busy day. Woke up, cranked out a TikTok for SNME Radio. It's a really good one. The greatest women's match in WWE history. You should know what it is off the top of your head. But if you don't, go check out TikTok. And if you do, still go check out TikTok because it's a really good video. Um, but yeah, I, I'm got a full day of work today, homie. Going to Raw tonight, Monday night. Raw live in the Air Canada Center, not the Scotia Bank. It's in the ACC. They're actually playing it uh, in 2005. No. Rod, the Scotiabank in Toronto are going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, busy yeah. as a day, though. Yeah, same, same, same. I had a very busy ass weekend. Uh, kind of spent it low key, but at the same time, just like so much was going on, and yeah, it was just one of those one of those weekends, right? Like it's still like yeah, like we said, the dark days of summer. Everything seems to be coming all at once. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm I was just looking at my schedule this morning, and yeah, it's going to be a super busy and 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 kind of like important week at work um and then you know here on snme we still have all the usual shows um rampage ramble you know 
that's a show that I'm struggling with right now. I got to be 100% honest. So the reason why there wasn't an episode this weekend, some 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 personal stuff came up um, right at the very last second too, right? Like I was all ready to record and everything. Some personal stuff comes up. And in my like for me, of all the shows that could be skipped, again, patrons can say differently, right? But of all the shows that could be skipped right now, it is Rampage. It might actually be worth putting to a vote on Twitter or on the Facebook page. And if you have an opinion listening to the show, please let us know. If there's a show that we're not covering here at SNME Radio that you'd prefer to see over Rampage, because Rampage has become missable. If we're going to cut a show from our schedule, it would easily be Rampage. Another point I want to make, homie, is if you ever need someone to fill in, like, you should be a text, man. I could try. I could try to give her a solo go, call up some of the people we have on the BAM bench. You know, we have a lot of good patrons who want to chip in, too. But, yeah, no, I feel you. Sometimes you just, like like you said, when you're sitting down to record and something comes up, it's just the, the biggest pain in the ass. It yeah, happens, that though, man. That was exactly it. Like, I was literally so ready like I was I was I was going through my setup routine right and then something just happened and I'm like oh, okay I gotta deal with this and and it's unfortunate because it was gonna be a fun episode because I did have someone lined up to be with me um, but obviously you know like we always say real life takes over but you know it, it's 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 unfortunate I hate throwing stuff like especially on weekends in the summer last second so I do apologize for that but um, yeah aside from that you know I think this week for sure it'll happen, um, and I, I know that for many reasons, because what I was dealing with obviously won't happen again, but uh, that's that. Outside of that, man, honestly, just looking at the schedule, and in a couple weeks, it's going to be the our, our super crazy weekend here on SNME, and of course, right, of course, I'm going to be traveling that entire week until Friday night. Oh, really? That's brutal. Where are you going? I'm actually going to a couple places, uh, including the, the the home base, the home office. So, yeah. And that's Montreal, the home yeah. office? Yep. Yes. Nice, nice. Well, that's cool, man. Get a little... Get a little travel time in. I mean, there's good, there's positives and negatives that come with it, right? But it'll be nice to get out of the bubble, out of the city, and go see some of uh, this great nation. Montreal's a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I know Montreal really well. I'm there usually a lot more than I have been, but uh, yeah, it'll be good to kind of get out. But again, it's just like, of course, leading into the busiest weekend of the summer for us. Probably the busiest weekend since WrestleMania weekend. Definitely the busiest. Yeah, so much going on. Saturday, Clash at the Castle. Uh, Mike McGuire and I will be live after the show, possibly with some other friends for an after party. Also, we have the SNME Radio Fantasy Football Draft immediately after the after party. That will be the after after party. So if you're into the football, uh, we, we have 16 slots. Actually, we have probably about like seven slots available now for people who want to be in that league. But shoot me a message on the uh, on the social medias if you want in the f- fantasy football. And then Sunday, Boris, Sunday, September 4th, all out. AEW presents what is becoming quite a controversial pay-per-view and also there's going to probably be nxt worlds collide in the afternoon as well which we're going to have to do a podcast about yep it, it's uh, it's just all but guaranteed and announced right like it's one of those things that it will be happening so we will yes. have an aftercast for that for nxt uh which is just a podcast no after party for that just because well you know everyone's going to be watching 
All Out and and getting ready for All Out. So, but we will have a show for that. It'll probably be going up around the same time as as the sh- All Out starts. But enjoy and consume as you want. And and yeah, man, it's gonna be a good good little fun way to end the summer too. Absolutely. Uh, we'll wrap up the summer. It is September, man. August is rapidly ending. Holy crap. But yeah, we're going to be uh, we're going to be hanging out and we'd love to uh, to see you there. Join us. Hang out with us. And uh, if you're a patron, you know, come on the show and let us know how you felt. Exactly. And if you're not a patron, well, you should go on uh, and join and uh, patreon.com slash SNME radio so that's yes, that if you are not a patron patronize us sorry boris i had to get that terrible joke in <laughs> yeah that's all right that's all right man i'm i'm off my uh my my, my quick wit this morning uh it's just you know so much it's just a lot going on and i'm like mentally still preparing for the week so you know my my quick wit is is is, is gone right now and i hate it uh the the fastball is is merely ninety eight, not scraping triple digits right now, Boris. Exactly. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, man, you you're doing fine, Hobie. Also, I got enough uh, charm and wit for the both of us, brother, the, brother. You, you don't. Go. <laughs> All right, so because we're not going to be talking a lot of sports, there's one entertainment thing I did want to bring up to you, um, and I I was chatting about this over the weekend with someone, and you know. Like, I remember when this was happening and seeing the full story unfold. Yes, it is a documentary. So you have, you know, you kind of have to take it for what it's worth, right? And I want to talk quickly about the Netflix documentary Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Do you know which documentary this is for? Oh, yes. This is about uh, Monte Teo, right? Yep. Monte Teo. Uh, Teo. Yeah. yeah. This is a crazy story. For those of you who don't know the story, essentially, this guy, you know, just, just superstar high school football player in Hawaii, uh, super oos, went on to move to Notre Dame, essentially revived that program in the four years that he was there. Um, and... You know, along with other people, but he was like one of the one of the highlights of the team, one of the major players of that team throughout his tenure. And uh, you know, you know, Heisman contender, you know, NFL draft, you know, just 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 standout. And one thing that happened to him was that throughout his university career, he had a girlfriend. However, this girlfriend was not real. He was being catfished the entire time. And all of this really came to blows on one faithful weekend when his grandmother did pass away, unfortunately. And that same day, he was told that his girlfriend passed away. His fake girlfriend passed away. And this was like a huge national story. Like, this is huge at the time. And I remember like hearing about this. And then a little bit after that, hearing that all of this was not real. Now, you can on, you know, this was like as the internet, like it, it wasn't what it was today, right? Like we're talking 2012, 2013 or so when all of this was happening. So, you know, some some of your, your, your red flags weren't quite as high, even though, you know, you can question how can this guy be so stupid. But when you watch this documentary and this guy literally asked other people, do you know her? 
you know, and people are yeah. assuring them, you know, trying to be cool, trying to, you know, uh, uh, be down with it, trying to like, you know, impress or whatever. What I don't know their motivations were, but they essentially said, yeah, yeah, I know this person in passing, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, you can kind of see how quickly it did go down the rabbit hole that it did. And it's a it's a, it's a it's such a, a cool documentary in a like a for lack of a better term cool but it's an it's an interesting documentary um and and they really go in depth and there are some revelations in there right off the bat there's a major revelation about the person who was catfishing him and yeah crazy story on netflix untold the girlfriend who didn't exist honestly it's worth the time it's just three episodes and it's it's a it's a captivating watch to say the least Nice. I'll definitely check that out. I remember that story. Like you said, like 2013-ish. I remember that whole thing breaking. It was right when I first moved to Toronto, actually, when that that time frame. And yeah, man, uh, it's, it is it is kind of... I'm excited to see that documentary because it was... He was kind of embarrassed by yeah. this story. Like, you know As what I mean? Like, it feels be. like... Of course. Of course. So, it, not that his name needs to be cleared... But for lack of a better term, it will it will be interesting to see him kind of try to clear his name and just kind of try to explain the situation, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and and yeah, like I think you said it best, right? Like it's more of an embarrassment and more of a how not that he needs to clear his name, but more of how all of this came to be and how I could be so stupid, right? Exactly, exactly right. Yeah, and you feel for the guy. I, I feel I felt for the guy anyway. So yeah, I will check out how long are our episodes? About fifty minutes each. Nice, nice, cool. So, yeah, that's definitely something I, I've got on the list for sure. Glad to hear it's good. I had an entertainment thing I wanted to throw at you. Uh, so, Nathan Fielder, favorite of uh, of us here at BAM and a good Canadian boy, Nathan Fielder's rehearsal officially is getting a second season, which is awesome to hear. The first season of that show was genius. If you've ever seen Nathan For You, this uh, the rehearsal is basically the evolution of that show have you seen the rehearsal yet yep. oh yeah oh yeah it's a Man. it's on crave very good very well done very funny um yeah it's it's something to it, say the least it, exactly it's tough to talk about other saying other than saying like crazy vagaries like that like wow it's something basically uh the premise of the show is nathan fielder helps people deal with uh, complicated or stressful situations in their life by meticulously rehearsing them. And it just goes down the rabbit hole of meticulously rehearsing the rehearsals and its rehearsal. And it just, it just continues to uncover this rushing nesting doll of rehearsal. And Nathan goes deeper into his own psyche. And it's just the craziest, most brilliant, most insane reality show. It makes you question what's scripted, what's not, what's real, what's not. And it's just yeah, insane and humorous and brilliant and must watch. Go check it out. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I really am a fan of uh, Nathan for you. Uh, and yeah, this show is so well done. Here in Canada, you can catch it on Crave. Yes, I think HBO Max or whatever that is now or becoming in the next few weeks in the States. But yeah, in Canada, Crave TV. I basically got Crave TV back for 
this show. I've also been watching some weird old HBO cuts. Larry Sanders show. Shout One out of my to, favorite show. You know what's crazy so about that show? I watched that as a kid, as I was coming out in the 90s. It was something that my brother watched, and I used to hang out with him all the time. I was his right-hand boy. So, yeah, I would I would watch that. And like, thinking back to it, I'm like, oh, man, no wonder I'm the way I, the, the way that I am. <laughs> Sassy, sarcastic, performative <laughs> yeah. Makes a lot of sense so For those of you influence. who don't know the Larry Sanders show It's essentially a mockumentary style For lack of a better term And it's more uh, You know, it's the it's like the, the, the backstage Of a talk show And this was released Especially during the height Of the Letterman-Leno controversy yeah, the first season is 92. I think it goes from 92 to like 97 or 98. There are five or six seasons. Yeah, it's good. The, some of the comedy and pacing holds up. It's a little dated, especially in like the look. But it's actually, it's because I tried to watch it before and it didn't quite land with me. And I just gave it another chance. And it's really landing with me this time. It's, I, it's like way funnier than I remember. Yeah. And, and what I like about it, it's kind of similar to Entourage in a sense. And this is the only way it's similar to Entourage, actually. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, you get celebrities kind of acting as a crazier version of themselves and more outlandish version of themselves. And, you know, it's very dated in the sense of which celebrities they have in the show. But if, you know, if, if you knew pop culture or anything in the 90s, you know, you can pretty much know who to expect on this show. Yeah, I just watched an episode where Bob Saget was heavily featured. But yeah, bang on. It's like 30 Rock in a way. It's like a less yes. wacky, more more grounded, more realistic 30 Rock. Yes, that's exactly. Uh, a little, yeah, less, less, less wacky, a little more realistic in the sense of like you know just 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 more swearing more more sexualized and and again this is one of the shows that really made HBO HBO yeah absolutely shows like this like it was groundbreaking for yeah, today I, this... I actually sorry go ahead no go ahead I was gonna say like I, I would actually say 30 Rock stole at least at least lovingly borrowed a lot from this show certain characters are directly ripped like uh, the assistant character. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what I was going to say is that, you know, this show, between this show and Oz, those are the show that really set up HBO for The Sopranos, which kind of started that weekly, you know, chatter at the, at the, at the, at the water cooler convo type of shows, um, which, you know, since 99, when The Sopranos started. It's crazy to think that's when The Sopranos started. And the, like, I know that because I watched it as it came out. Um you know, since then, HBO's always had one show at any given time that's been that water cooler convo show. And just last night, you know, House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones uh, prequel came out and I loved it. I was lucky enough to catch it early. Uh, a uh, Warner Discovery uh, sent me a code to watch it early so uh, as a review. And yeah, dude, so good. So freaking good. Nice. For the It's Canon podcast, you reviewed yes. that, right? Yep. That That's dope, man. I've never been a Game of Thrones guy, but uh, yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, to those of us out there who are, check out that It's Canon podcast. Boris will have a dope review. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, I can't go into too much detail because it is an early review. Um, so, you know, they, they, they do set scope in terms of what you're allowed to say. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I'm very careful with those just because, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, that's the last thing. Well, you want to stay <laughs> on the list. Exactly. Exactly. Especially with our friends at uh, Warner Discovery, because those, those, you know, for those of you who don't know, they're the people who own TNT and TBS, who have a major stake oh. in AEW success. So, you know, being nice with them might rub off. Yes. Uh, and speaking of being nice and AEW and all those fun things, I think that's a perfect segue out of entertainment chat and into the world of pro wrestling, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to kick off the wrestling with some actual wrestling show talk, and then we're going to get into a small little debate, which we really should have recorded the debate earlier, um, but <laughs> that's all right. Uh, and then we'll, we're going to wrap things up with another top 10 list, which, Matt, what are you doing with these top 10 lists? So, yeah, we're, we're breaking out the top 10s and putting them on YouTube. I'm going to try to do it every single week. So, yeah, top 10 G1 Climax 32 matches, the top 10 matches of the G1 2022. That's coming at you at the end of this show. And we're going to debate whether the CM Punk thing is real. But first, Boris, you watch Impact for SlamWrestling.net, and I believe you might as well talk about it on this podcast here, too. Yeah, actually, this week I didn't cover Bob's back to covering Slam, but I did watch it just because, yeah, it was something that I, uh, on Thursday night, I essentially couldn't really sleep, right? So I'm like, oh, I'll no. catch up on wrestling. Maybe it'll put me to sleep, um, but it did not. So uh, so Impact Wrestling started with a banger of a match, just an absolute banger of a match. Black Taurus versus Laredo Kid versus Ray Oris versus Trey Miguel. Oh, Trey Miguel getting in that Lucha match. That's nice. We've seen a certain combinations of those guys, like basically have that match in a couple of places, not just in AAA, but Ric Flair's last match and uh, certain indies around the world. So it's good that it's getting some time on impact and good that Trey Miguel got involved. Yeah. It's funny because like a few years ago, it would have been Ray Fenix and, and Penta in this match, right? So I kind of like how you're seeing that next wave of, of major American popular lucha stars changing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ray Phoenix currently mid-card at best at AEW, which is sad. Yeah, so I got to say that Black Taurus does look like he is for a push in this match. Like, he really did a hell of a job in this match. Um, he ended up winning this match with a powerbomb Paul Driver on Laredo Kid. And, yeah, this this match was fantastic. This is a must-watch match so that's uh black taurus ended up winning this um yeah we we saw johnny swinger and a bunch of people watching killer kelly's debut from last week uh there was some chatter Kel, uh, killer kelly walks in there was some back and forth savannah evans steps up to kelly challenges her to a match later tonight uh, we see some josh alexander chatting with rich swan um, there's a six-way to see who's going to face Josh Alexander for the title at Bound for Freaking Glory. So excited for that. And, dude, we're in August. Bound for Glory is in October. Like, I love just a long setup for that show. Nice. Well, it's their WrestleMania, yeah. right? Or so they say. So they should, they should be pushing it. Yep. 
All right, so the second match of the night was an okay match. Nothing crazy, but it was an okay match at best, and that was Kenny King versus Heath. Um, Heath essentially wants to take out all of Honor No More, uh, and he ends up winning this match. This match was pretty short. Uh, looks like PCO might be turning face on this one. Uh, he, you know, It's more of a fan reaction thing, so I can see kind of Impact pulling the trigger, making him face uh, when this eventually does happen. But yeah. Heath ends up winning here. Um, we see Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, and Kushida laying down more of a more 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 of a warning to Violent by Design. Um, you know they're going to be facing them in a triple tag match next week. Uh, the team of Saban, Shelley, and Kushida call themselves Time Machine. You know, ah, a, yeah, a whole it. play on Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Time Splitters, and yada yada yada. So that's kind of cool. Clever, clever. How did we were trying to come up with uh, a name for just uh, Kushida and Sabin, but we should have landed on Time Machine. That's obviously that's what it should have been. Yep. There was some honor no more nonsense. Uh, you know, I still don't understand how there's how this is a group. I they, they really should have been disbanded. <laughs> like they're just Especially- I feel like. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but especially because honor has been restored. There exactly. is a ring of honor again. So what the fuck is this ring of honor group doing? Yeah, exactly. So essentially they're they're complaining that they want their title shots since they're going back and forth with Scott Damore, right? That's essentially what's going on. Uh, so Scott Damore essentially books a match between Carl Anderson and Mike Bennett for next week. If Anderson wins, then Maria would be banned from ringside uh, for the actual title match. Um, and that was pretty it pretty much it like it's just a convoluted thing and and i honestly think it's not that i don't like the people from honor no more it's more i feel like they can do and be better off on their own yeah i trillion percent agree with you this thing has ran its course we're done we're done here all right seven evans versus killer kelly killer kelly ends up winning this match um yeah i she has a very, very cool entrance, Killer Kelly does. Uh, but this match was kind of just, meh, meh at best, right? So, again, you know, I know they're just she's just getting started, uh, you know, but I hope she doesn't fall into the same issue that Misha Slamovich did, where it was kind of like, okay, when is she going to get more realistic or better opponents, right? Um, this is only the first match, so I hope that they've learned from Misha Slamovich, who's lost so much steam, in my opinion, just because it's constant jobber, 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 jobber. And then when they did get for a program, it's such a slow burn in that program. You could argue the same thing's happening with a bunch of wrestlers yes. across wrestling, not just in Impact. I mean, Jade Cargill comes to mind. She needs a real opponent. Hopefully, it's Athena. But yeah, uh, it's 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 kind of a trope. It's just so easy to book a big monster like that, but you, you don't want to do it forever. You don't want to do it forever. Yep, exactly. All right, the next match was Chris Bay versus Speedball Mike Bailey for the X Division Championship. Awesome Ooh. match. Very good match. Great match, dare I say. Um, this is super fast paced, exactly what you would expect from the X Division. Um, a lot of aerials, a lot of like holy crap moments in this match. Um, you know, one complaint that I've seen from a few people is Mike Bailey's selling, um, you know, or lack thereof, I should say. But 
you know, with these X Division matches, it's kind of what I expect at this point. It reminds me of like, I'm not comp- I'm not saying it's the same, but it's the same kind of mentality that I would have, you know, in the early WCW Cruiserweight days, where it was just a match to showcase wrestling, not much into the match in terms of storytelling sometimes, and you're going to get more of a fast-paced um, choreographed style of wrestling, which which is, you know, cool for some, not so cool for others. Yeah, I think it's okay once or twice in a show, you know? I think it's yeah. fine. You need to have you need to have a mix in wrestling. I That's subscribe exactly to it. that theory. Uh, 100%. You're seeing this more, right? And AEW has been fantastic at doing this, having different style of matches for, for whatever floats your boat. Yes, uh, all linked with one single thread being blood. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, I agree yeah. with you other than that. Yep. All right. Main event, Eddie Edwards, Steve Macklin, Moose, Sammy Callahan, Bandito, and Rich Swan in an eliminator match to determine who's going to face Josh Alexander at Bound for Glory. Out of those names, who do you think won? Do you read them off again? It was Eddie Edwards versus Steve Macklin versus Moose versus Sammy Callahan versus Bandito versus Rich Swan. Bandito. Well, you're wrong. I'll give uh, you one more. Oh, who won? I'll give you one more guess. Moose. No, you're wrong. Oh, it for was two. Eddie Edwards. Oh, okay. All right, Eddie Edwards. Yep, Eddie Edwards. So. He would have been my fifth choice. (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny because I have had, and I had the same reaction a few months ago, you know, with, um, what's his name? Uh, The Slammiversary main event. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Eric Young, which was an incredible match. Exactly. Proved us wrong. So I had the same reaction, like, Eddie Edwards, huh? Interesting. But. I'm going to stay positive on this one just because the Eric Young match worked out to be maybe, what, like, not maybe. It was Impact's match of the year so far. Uh, so, you know, oh, and I think, yeah. And I think Eddie Edwards can have a great match. Um, what's funny is Bandito was just so over to the point where you did think he was going to win. Uh, Moose, Sammy, uh, Sammy and, and Macklin kind of had their own thing going on. Uh, so that's kind of like how, how things kind of played out. And Rich Swan, man, Rich Swan is popular, but it's crazy to think that Rich Swan was f- headlining shows with Kenny Omega just over a year ago. Yeah, it is a, a precipitous downfall for young Rich Swan all night long. Yeah, hopefully he can get get it back because that match against Kenny was great, and he's a great wrestler. I think it, he could be a main eventer in Impact. Fine, because we've already seen it. We've already seen it. Yep, exactly. So that was that. Um, Eddie Edwards ends up winning, and that is going to be the main event for Bountiful Glory. Josh Alexander. Eddie Edwards. Overall, I would say that this was a pretty, pretty okay episode. Uh, the matches that you should go out of your way to watch were the Lucha opener, uh, Black Taurus versus Laredo Kid versus Ray Oris versus Trey Miguel. You should also go out of your way to watch uh, Chris Bay versus Speedball Mike Bailey, and just to see, you know, some, 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 some fun stuff. I would also add the main event of Eddie Edwards, Macklin, Moose, Callahan, Bandito, and Swan into the must-watch from this episode list. 
Uh, before we go any further, how do you feel about this as the Bound for Glory main event? Do you think it's good enough? Do you think it's worthy? Look, from a star power point of view, I don't know. I don't think so. But from a pure raw talent point of view, I think yes. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's not uh, Sting versus, I don't know, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> but it'll be much better in the ring, buddy. It'll be much better in the ring. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, right? Like, I think that impact, they're making ballsy decisions by booking matches like this, right? But I think that it's paying off. Like I say, I will never doubt you know, uh, just the, the the name power and the star power of someone and a main event because, well, Impact's already proved me wrong many times this year, but more so at Slammiversary with the Eric Young-Josh Alexander match. Yeah, man, that was one where we ate crow for sure. That was an excellent match. Excellent. We had it four and a half stars, all-time classic. Yep, Exactly. Exactly. So that was that. That was uh, Impact Wrestling last week. Yes, sir. All right. Do you want to do the great debate here, buddy? Yeah, let's do the great debate. All right. So uh, in a nutshell, uh, there are reports that CM Punk went into business for himself, Boris, on last week's AEW Dynamite. Essentially, in a nutshell, Challenged Hangman Page, called him out, labeled him a coward for not coming out in this scripted television show. The reports are nobody knew, including Tony Khan and Hangman Page, nobody but CM Punk knew he was going to say this. So, my question is, do you think that is real? So there are because there are other reports that CM Punk is unpopular backstage. There are feuding and fussing and and you know, uh, fighting and uh, all kinds of backstage drama. Of that, I I I can believe. I am sure that there, the drama exists, man. You know, but do you think that CM Punk went on TV, called Hangman Page out, knowing he wouldn't come out, and then called him a coward without? Tony Khan knowing that would happen. Yeah, because CM, here's the thing. You know, CM Punk is CM Punk. Phil Brooks is Phil Brooks. He's going to pull stuff like this. We've seen in the past, you know, this isn't anything new for him. Um, and, and, and I can see him kind of like wanting to return the receipt from some of the promos that Hangman threw his way right before Double or Nothing, right? Just remember, we haven't really seen CM Punk since then. This was his first real promo since he won the championship, since that lead-up with Hangman Page. So, yeah, it seems like it's been a long time, and it seems random, but the timing of it just is there, right? So I do think that he did kind of go on his own into, quote-unquote, business for himself to just throw that out there. It's possible, man. That is, it, it is possible, that's a strong case. I don't think so. I don't believe it. I and and maybe I'm just Boris. They say that you either uh, <laughs> what is it? You either like die young or live long enough to see yourself become the Joker. What's the Batman saying? I don't know. But anyway, maybe I've just become an old cynical fuck. I didn't believe the Cody Rhodes injury when I first saw it. I didn't because I just my brain couldn't handle something that severe was happening in the same way. I don't think my brain can handle something that stupid actually being true. Is CM Punk that 
oversensitive that he's yes. willing to risk? Well, that's a giant red flag if true. I I think it just to me if you if you think it's real and it seems like you do. So, what do you think CM Punk thought he was accomplishing? Like, what do you think Phil Brooks, the person behind the CM Punk character? thought he was accomplishing do you think that he thought the fans would think page is a coward do you think that he just wanted to say fuck you to a guy backstage i think no i, I think he he doesn't care what anyone thinks it was his way of saying fuck you to to adam page and then it, you know time to move on it was just his way of returning the receipt from some from something that he didn't like from an adam page promo from months ago so this is his way of saying fuck off and then you know let's let's turn let's turn our attention back to moxley maybe it's that simple man but that's the I thing i think of, people are trying to overcomplicate yeah. things right and i yeah. think this is being overshadowed with all the heat all the drama and all this and that people picking sides i think at the end of the day he went to business for himself said fuck you to adam page sorry for all the swearing he said fuck you to adam page and then moved on and that was that's that's like we have to isolate that incident with everything else supposedly going on Right, right. Uh, yeah, man, you make a strong case. I, in my heart, though, I still, for some reason, I just, I, maybe it is because the reaction to this little throwaway line was so strong that it feels like it had to have been a plan to me. And because I am so used to watching WWE throughout the course of my life where really nothing happens by accident. More and more, it will start to happen with Triple H at the helm. But Vince McMahon ran a very tight ship. And something like this would just not have happened Except on you, WWE dude, TV. You just justified it. Vince McMahon uh, had a very tight ship. You know, yeah. it's not as loosey-goosey as things are in in AEW. Let's take even the McMahon tight, tight ship, right? Like... Sunny days, right? It happened That's true. in the past. That's true. It, yeah, it's a good point. That's a great precedent to cite. Uh, I would say that it's a completely different company and situation, and that was Vince at a time when he was willing to try things. That was kind of the MO. And, uh, yeah, I just after 20 years of wrestling not being like that, it, uh, it's just kind of stunning to see this. Well, just remember, Tony Khan gives a lot of leeway to his people, right? Especially someone like a CM Punk, CM Punk which he kind of like, you know, fanboys over almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. And he wants to be the type of boss who gives his artists creative leeway. And I respect that. That should be the case. But also... If if this is happening, I think it's I, I think like if CM Punk is so oversensitive that four months after the fact he's willing to potentially derail a promo and a guy's career because of one line, like that is that is a giant giant red flag. Dude, like this don't put the like, title on this guy. Let's honestly honestly take a look at the history of CM Punk and some of the 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 fights he's had. This is someone who took his best friend to court. Yeah, but we don't know. I like. I don't think it's fair to because we don't know behind closed doors who's at fault or what was said. But there's there is a precedent of him doing stupid stuff. Stupid stuff just doesn't follow you like this all the time. I understand what you're saying. There's definitely a precedent of him being headstrong. I don't know if stupid is fair, but I understand a million percent what you're saying. I, I to me, it's okay if it is true. 
holy shit, AEW is lucky that he did go into business for himself in a way that perfectly lined up with his character and is in context with everything else he's done in the company so far. Because the entire time CM Punk has been in AEW, literally the whole time, the storyline has been that he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Every guy he feuds with tells you he's an asshole. Maybe Hangman Page did it in a way that hit a little close to home, but Eddie Kingston did it too. MJF did it too. He's been a wolf in sheep's clothing. So this line was perfectly in character for him. So God, AEW is lucky that he went into he went into business for himself in this way. You know, I, I'm not saying I don't believe the reporting. I, I Brian Alvarez has, is is a great reporter. He has added a lot of value to my life with his podcast. I laugh along with him and Brian Vinny all the time. Dave Meltzer is a fucking legend. I don't doubt these people. I just it's just too stupid. It's just a really like a bunch of 30 and 40 year old men are fighting over throwaway lines and promos and are willing to completely derail the company. Really, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are mad that CM Punk is popular and saying rude things on the microphone. Really, CM Punk is that much of a lack of a better term, little bitch that he's going to completely ruin Hangman Page's career or try to over this. What? What? Really? Is that really what's happening? Or is it that wrestlers are lying to us to drum up interest in their match? That's Look, my thing. It's just Occam razor, Occam's razor to me, right? No, but at to the quote th- Brian Alvarez. But the thing is, like at the same time, like we know wrestlers are overly sensitive about stuff. Dude, this is a this is an industry where you get heat if you don't go around and shake everyone's hand on your first day. It's <laughs> a really good point, brother. That's a really good point. I like, can't argue that. Multiple it is, examples. It's a weird movie of, 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 of the industry being overly sensitive and having to, you know, toe a certain line constantly to not get heat, right? Like, the, like, like the, that's, that's the industry, right? So I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that some of the more old school people like punk hot and how they act right and 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 you know everything needs to be done a certain way you need to respect the elders or else and i think that's what this is a case of it's more of he sees hangman kind of doing his own thing and not wanting to listen to people like him so that's 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 pretty much it like you know do i believe everything that's happening i don't know or care to be 100 percent honest right <laughs> but i do think that punk did throw some uh, some personal lines into his promo just to get back at Adam Page for something he didn't like, which sounds so childish. And I think that's the issue, is that it sounds so childish that it must be not real. You know what? Maybe it's just... Maybe it's just I want it to be fake because you're right. It is so childish that if it were fake, I think it's it's a good little way to play the audience. And I think it's working. It's turning the hardcores against CM Punk. If it's real, I just kind of don't want to watch AEW anymore. I'm just kind of like, what are you fucking little bitches doing? Like, I'll, I, I you know what I mean? It just it, it kind of turns the whole company and the whole situation heal to me it's just like Dude, what the fuck is the point of this high school drama this is what i struggle with with wrestling you know? right i struggle yeah. with wrestling for a lot of stuff right like i think i at the end of the day watch wrestling because it's something that i've watched since i was a child since i could remember some of my earliest memories involved wrestling in some shape or form some of the bonding experiences i've had with family members and friends involved wrestling in some shape way or form i honestly think that's the that nostalgic factor that that click is why i keep watching wrestling but you know there have been so many times in history whether it be rant norn's 
antics in the back whether it be you know just just people um being burned in the not, not literally but like you know the the, the you know uh, teased and, and and practical jokes against them and and then this stuff like this is the stuff that turns me off of wrestling because i have been in locker rooms right like when when i was in high school and stuff i've seen this stupid stuff and even i hated it back then i thought it was stupid and childish back then when i was going through it i think that some the 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 the, the attitude of, of some athletes is so piss poor and it just like this seeing this stuff really turns me off of wrestling to be 100 percent honest you know having this conversation because I was, I was telling someone over the weekend you know, on Monday, I'm going to be chat- talking about this, um, and, and I try to explain the story to them. They just look at me, and it's like, do you understand how insane you sound? These are men in tights, you know, and, and all this stuff is happening. I'm like, yeah, that's the appeal for some people. Yeah, man, yeah. Big egos, big egos involved in professional wrestling, for sure. But yeah, it's at the end of the day, I just think like it's people, you guys are out there living your dream, making money, making very comfortable livings on live television every single night. And it, we it, this high school drama is, for me, way more of a turn off than a turn on if it's all real. But I still have my doubts. I just, I just, maybe I'm just becoming a crusty old cynical man. I'll but, tell you though, I was like, it, it's zero percent true. But, the, but you kind of, you did a good job of convincing me, man. Talking it out like this, like I can see it. I guess I can see it. Look, we could have talked it out like this on Thursday when it happened, but you didn't like my Cody line, so. <laughs> <laughs> You actually, I brought up the Cody thing. Boris actually said that to me, and it hurt my feelings. Those are completely different situations. Those are completely no, different situations. But I did. I meant it in the yeah. sense that you've been duped recently, right? Like the way that you think, oh, see, the way that your mind works, right? And I'm, that's what I'm saying is duped. the way your mind works is like, nah, this can't be real, right? Yeah, that's not duped. But yes, I, I know. Yeah, you're right. You're, but you're, lack I know of a better mean. term outsmarted myself is how I choose to look at it. Um, anyway, I did ask the uh, the Facebook board a couple things, so I did want to read a couple answers before we get out of here. So, questions. Do you believe that Punk went into business for himself? Do you think Punk Moxley happens next week? Do you think Punk Moxley happens at All Out? And has this drama added to your enjoyment of AEW? So, Dan Austin says, quick answer is yes to all four. This is now the third headliner in AW who is supposedly having trouble with management. Hard to say if it's true or not, but it definitely makes me more curious as a fan. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like, that's that that's part of it, right? Like, where I because of AEW's openness, I feel like we hear more about what's going on in AEW, right? Yep. Yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe that's part of it, too. Martin Ryu says it's CM Punk in AEW. So, yeah, I think he went into business for himself on that promo and might have heat for it. I also think the title match does happen on Dynamite because Tony isn't the type of guy to promote a big match and not deliver on it, which I do generally agree with, too. I think we're going to get a match of some kind on Wednesday night. I think it'll happen. Whether that match is going to end in a schmoz, that to me is the real question. Yes, yes, absolutely. Missy Sykes says, I don't think it's real because as many people uh, as many people have pointed out on Twitter, AEW ran with the story on their socials. Blaine Vandergrind responds, if this is a work, these two might be the absolute best at it, which I would agree with. I would agree with all things there. 
if it mm. is a work, they're they're doing a good job. But it's maybe it's not, man. It's it maybe it's not. Look, I can see them turning it into a story, right? And then people are going to question this even more, and that's kind of like what I expect to happen. But I do think that there were egos hurt and feelings hurt and words said which angered more feelings so but at the end of the day you can easily turn this into a storyline and it'll throw everything into question yeah yeah and they're going to they're gonna have to it would be stupid to not uh, a couple more here kieran highland says it's exciting and unpredictable what happens next i just can't understand anybody who doesn't want more drama and blurred lines in wrestling was that real was he meant to say that it's all to create drama and interest and it worked that's it works a to fair a certain point ex- that's it a- is a fair point yeah to a certain extent people are going to remain professional you know not everyone is michaels and brett Yes, exactly right. And that's, to me, the problem. It's what is the drama about? And to me, the Michaels and Brett thing is a great example. Uh, To a lesser extent, like Ric Flair and Shane Douglas, like when there's backstage heat and you know it, sometimes it helps. But it kind of depends what the heat is about. Like Sean and Brett fucking hated each other professionally and personally and got into fights backstage and were saying dirty shots about their sexuality and their wives and affairs like that to me is like a different level of heat but like this is just this is just annoying to me at this moment but michaels and brett were able to be professional in the ring i don't know punk and hangman well enough to say that they could be professional in the ring if there is legit heat between them that's interesting. You know what else is interesting too? CM Punk was in the UFC, and I still think I would take Hangman Page in a real fight because we've seen CM Punk in a real fight. It did not go so well. <laughs> so true. That's so actually true. Yeah, that's that might be part of the beef here with Punk dropping the title, especially to someone like Moxley who does fancy himself a real fighter. Like I'm positive in real life, Moxley thinks he would beat the shit out of Punk. I'm certain of that. I know that. Like I know the sun's coming up in the morning. Uh, one last one. Jeff Johnston says, yes, yes, yes. And four added a little interest for, for the, for AEW, but I'm worried that after the match on Wednesday, I will be less interested on the pay-per-view on the fourth. I think that's a big concern. I think that is a big concern. Are they giving this away? Are they going to be able to do this and do it in a way that makes us want to see it again in three weeks? Okay. But I have a question for you in terms of that. Are, are we fans who are more in the know listening to shows like this, listening to the flagship show, do we complain too much? Why are we complaining that we're getting a pay-per-view quality match for free on TV? That's a great that's a great question. The answer is yes. Yes, we do. We should not complain. Great way to end this segment. It's it's interesting at the end of the day. People are talking about it. That's all that matters. Wrestling's heating up again. That's yep. good for all of us. On all boards. Like it right across the board. It is crazy how hot wrestling is at this point. Um, you know, you may think it's not but it really is. There, look, there aren't people breaking boundaries between wrestling and entertainment, but wrestling in its little circle is super hot right now. 100% agree with you. And to that point, let's talk about the G1 Climax 32. It's our top 10 matches of the G1. Some bangers again this year, man. The G1 wasn't wasn't like the, the disaster that some of us complaining fans would have you believe. 
That's exactly it. Like, you know, I, there were some matches that I needed to catch up on. But overall, I think that the G1, the 2022 edition of the G1, G1 Climax 32 was a very strong showing. It was a very good tournament. We saw some banger matches. We saw some an incredible semifinals and finals. And overall, you know, would I rate this better than other years? Not necessarily, but some individual matches were just incredible. Now, in this list, top 10 matches of the G1 32, uh, we're only looking at actual G1 matches, correct? I just want to set yes. the stage. Yes, not looking at undercard tag team matches. If there was a, a banger on the undercard that we missed, please let us know. But I think it's safe to say that we're covering what needs to be covered here. The, the best matches of the G1 Climax tournament of the regular season and playoffs if you will sounds good all right let's get this going all right so we're going to start with a couple nominations off the post these are matches that we had at four stars 80 percent and a minus in canada so on night 12 there were two of these the great ocon versus switchblade jay white great ocon tremendously underrated wrestler he's pretty damn good jay white arguably one of the best in the business one of the most complete professional wrestlers in the business yeah great ocon i have become such a huge fan his in-ring's always been good but it's his antics on twitter that have just made him into a <laughs> legend at this point you know what that's a really good call good follow great ocon sneaky good follow follow and that is helping his career also from night 12 Hiroki Goto versus Zack Sabre Jr. you know these guys are going to deliver this was just an awesome match a big hoss versus a little technical wrestler guy Goto versus Sabre another great match from these two Goto you know this guy has just been such a good soldier for New Japan Pro Wrestling and I just want him to get that opportunity at some point again but uh yeah, he's just one of those people who just, you know, you're going to get a great match out of. Um, and you know that he's going to be, at this point, at least in his career, uh, mid-card moving forward. And that's kind of the ceiling for him. Yeah, seems like it. Um, one of our revelations in New Japan recently, my friend, has been Yoshihashi. And on night 16, Yoshihashi had a banger with Will Ospreay. Great match just outside of our top 10. Night 16, Ospreay versus Yoshihashi. Yep, Yoshihashi, he's so, he either has a banger of a match or a skippable match. That's what I'm really seeing with him. Yes, not the most consistent wrestler, but still a great wrestler. Yep. But that brings us to our top 10, Boris. So the number 10 match from night one, Tai Chi versus Tomohiro Ishii. This was a great match. Tai Chi delivers in big spots. He is, he's a really good wrestler. Uh, four stars for this one. 80% A minus four climaxes out of five. Yep. Ishii, you know, he's a favorite around SNME for sure. He's, he, you know, he's so good. He's just so good. And, and, and Tai Chi is just one of those people who just sneaky good almost. Yes. Yeah. That is the uh, one of two Ishii matches we have on this list. And honestly, we could have put three or four on there. Ishii is so damn great. The stone pit bull. Match number nine from the semifinals, Okada versus Tamatonga. Wasn't their best match, but still a banger. We're going to put it at number nine on this list. Four climaxes out of five, 80% A-minus match. 
Yep, the storytelling in this match was fantastic, especially the last five minutes of the match. You know, as both of them are are, are avoiding each other's finishers, they just had great sequences, great great wrestling. Okada throwing some moves that he usually doesn't do, and this was a a match built on respect, a match that for sure, in my opinion, put Tamatonga on a lot of people's radar, and really essentially did a great job of setting Tamatonga up for his next challenger, which just so happens to be Jay White. Yes, the, the Switchblade himself, IWGP Heavyweight Champion. So that was number nine, match number eight from night one, Jeff Cobb versus Kazuchika Okada. We had this at four and a quarter climaxes out of five, 85%, full on A in Canada. This was the start of the Okada being the giant slayer, slaying all these crazy huge giants, all these incredible behemoths that are in his block, uh, leading up to a moment which will feature heavily uh, later on in our list for us. But yes, Jeff Cobb versus Okada, banger. Yep, Jeff Cobb, from a record point of view, he didn't have the best G1, but just from a pure performance point of view, he had a great G1. And Jeff Cobb, he, he's just so perfect for, G, for, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I want to see him continue. I want to see him be given an opportunity in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, agreed. It makes me wonder because he's losing so much if maybe there's a contract coming up. Maybe he wants to go to AEW because of all the people, of all the people on the Forbidden Door show, Jeff Cobb may, may have showed us the most. He cut some awesome promos in that build. He was awesome in that Forbidden Door show. Jeff Cobb would be a huge addition to AEW as bloated as they are. Yep, agreed. Match number seven from night Eight. This was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus our boy Zack Sabre Jr. I love this match. This was pure babyface versus babyface. Uh, and they protected Zack Sabre Jr. a lot in this match, despite the result. Go check this one out. Awesome work between Tana and Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr., right? Like, he's he any match he has could potentially end up on a top something list here, not only here on BAM, but any, any person who keeps a list uh zach saber jr is such a treasure such a treasure but again his opponent you know it's one of those things he's making a true name for himself and i'm super excited to see how how the next few months goes Yes, 100%, man. Zack Sabre Jr. is the best pure wrestler I've ever seen. Like, Brian Danielson does have a little sports entertainment to his game. Obviously, he's a brilliant wrestler. There are people like Garcia. There are people, like, on World of Sport, you know, like Marty Jones and stuff like that. Zack Sabre Jr. is the best pure wrestler I've ever seen in pure Honestly, professional wrestling. Man, I, I, for those of you who don't know, go out, watch him, Charlie Dempsey from NXT. Mm-hmm. It's too early to call Dempsey the best pure wrestler of all time, but Charlie Dempsey is, is an incredible wrestler. He's off to a damn good start. The fact that you could even mention him on that list like eight matches into his career is wild. The fact that WWE kept him after the call goes to show you the faith they have in him. And how bad they want William Regal back. Yeah. So that was match number seven. Match numbers six and five 
from an awesome night four. So match number six, Switchblade Jay White versus Tomohiro Ishii. Great match. Match number five, Shingo versus Yoshihashi. One of the best Yoshihashi matches I've ever seen from an awesome night four of the G1 Climax. I think it was either night four or night 12. That was the best show. For me, night four was by far the best of the of the round, round robin. Um, I think that this was especially when Jay White was really being positioned as just unstoppable, right? Like, and and I thought that was going to be the story for his G one. I thought he was going to go further into the G one, but. At this point, he was just putting on bangers of matches and getting very convincing wins at the end of the day. Yes, sir. Yeah, I can't argue any of that, man. Like, the, I love how they treated Jay White because he was unstoppable until someone finally stopped him. You know yep. what I mean? And it screwed over, and it was a perfect way to build a challenger in the G1. It's exactly what the G1 is for. Textbook, and they pulled it off per- again, perfectly. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, sorry to interrupt you, buddy. I, I was going to move on. So if you have anything else to say about that match, do it. Nope. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. So that was that. So both of those matches we had at four and a quarter climax is match number four from the semifinals. Tetsuya Naito versus Will Ospreay. Also four and a quarter banger of a match. This was Will Ospreay being a heel prick. This was heel Will Ospreay. Or as we put it on our uh, on our podcast, this was Cobra Kai Osprey. I love this yes. Will Osprey, right? Like I prefer this Will Osprey than what we got in the finals. You know what? I think he's going babyface, but I think you're right, man. I think he's better as a heel, and we're, we better appreciate it now because I think we're getting the end of Will Osprey as a heel. Yeah, which is unfortunate. You know, he's gonna go back to happy go lucky Will Ospreay, Ricochet Will Ospreay, right? Like, and yeah. look, I like him. I like him, no matter what. But his heel persona was just so freaking good. Uh, but maybe you know, I have a theory. This is my theory around this: that he's too similar to Jay White as a heel. Oh, that's a good call. They do have very, very similar characters, and Jay White might be better at it. And Will Ospreay's moveset is that of a baby face, but I think his general personality is that of a heel. I think he's a natural heel. Yeah, agreed. Another Osprey match from the Fantastic Night 12. This was Shingo versus Will Ospreay, the number three match on our list. Four and a quarter climaxes. Yet another banger from these two incredible athletes with beautiful chemistry. While Shingo might not be getting the best position, he might not be in the the main event right now in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but you can always count on him to have a banger of a match. And this match with Will Ospreay was so freaking good. It reminded you just how good Shingo is. Yes, absolutely. Shingo had a, a little bit of a rough tournament record-wise, and I don't know if El Fantasmo is the most exciting opponent for Shingo coming out of the G1. Uh, in terms of where his career was a couple of years ago, but those matches are going to be great. And Shingo always delivers in the ring. Yep. So those agreed. matches with uh, from matches, I believe it was uh, eight to three. Those were all four and a quarter star matches. Boris, these next two matches, I have a four and a half, which is an important distinction. That means these are all time classics. These are matches that you should go back and watch year after year after year matches. We will remember matches that were important and that delivered in the ring and that delivered on commentary. Whatever, yada, yada, yada. 
Number two on our list from night 13, the best match of Jonah's career. Jonah, the big whale versus Kazuchika Okada. Four and a half climaxes out of five. A brilliant wrestling match. Yes, exactly. This match was so good. This is the type of match that Jonah needed in the G1. Just something to kind of get him to that next level. The level that a lot of people knew he could be at. But this is exactly... The match that he needed in the tournament, that standout match. And who better than Canyon? No, but who better to have that match with against than Okada? Yes, of course, uh, Jonah, the former Bronson Reed, is going to have his best match against Okada, of course. But he beat him in the main event of a G1, and his career in Japan is now made. He is now the Bam Bam Bigelow, the Vader du jour. He is the big, scary monster Gaijin in New Japan Pro Wrestling, officially for the next 10 years if he wants to be. Yep, exactly, exactly, or until H gives him a call. (laughs) Yes, which could be in 10 minutes for all we know. But yeah, so that was a brilliant match. It would have been the best match of, of most G1s. But the best match of this G1, possibly the best G1 final of all time, although I wouldn't say that. Okada versus Osprey, G1 Climax 32 final. The last match was the best match. It was an all-time classic. Four and a half climaxes out of five for this brilliant wrestling match. And you know, we, we've already talked about it at length, but Will Ospreay, full-on babyface in this match. Full-out babyface. The storytelling in this match is what really, not only, like, the performances are one thing, but the story leading into this match, like, with 24 hours notice of Will Ospreay watching everyone who beat Okada and seeing what he did to beat him, studying that video, focusing on what Okada does wrong, to me was a great start to a story and then again talking about sequences like we did earlier that sequence when osprey literally did finishers of each and every person that has recently beaten okada was just the icing on the cake just the cherry on top for me for a match that had just excellent 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 storytelling yeah brilliant and also the little nugget of he successfully hit everyone's finisher but kenny omega's putting Kenny Omega over for two reasons. One, obviously it protects his finisher because he Okada didn't kick out of the one winged angel, but two, it kind of lends credence to the one winged angel. Like only Kenny's good enough to do that move. And you know that when they do wrestle, Osprey might hit Kenny with one and Kenny will probably kick out. Maybe that's the finish. Maybe Kenny hits Osprey with one. He doesn't kick out, but just, it gets your mind racing in these, in these ways. Like it's so clever, just top notch, top level work. The more I talk and think about this match, the more I think it might be five stars, man. Honestly, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yep. 33 minutes didn't feel like 33 minutes. It didn't have that new Japan 33 minute match feel where it was slow build and then, you know, great last 10 minutes. I thought that 33 minutes out of the 33 minute match were just fantastic. Yes, every single second mattered. Every word mattered like a great novel. Every single syllable was in the perfect place. It might have been five. I might need to revisit. We're that's we're going to put that one in pencil, not pen, because we might need to even bump it up. But I can safely say it was the best match of the G1 Climax 32. And thank you all very much for listening. We hope you checked out some of those matches. If you haven't, we hope you check them out now. Go subscribe to New Japan World. It is worth your money. Lots of good wrestling on there. You can watch Hulk Hogan versus the Great Muda. Yep, exactly. Now, 
that is essentially the episode at this point we've chatted some sport we, so we chatted some sports we chatted some entertainment and then obviously at the end we chatted some wrestling man we have a busy week here on snme if that's where you're listening to us we have the whole slate of shows coming at you this week um if you haven't go listen to the flagship show awesome interview awesome episode as always we're gonna have nxt talk coming at you on wednesday we're gonna have obviously tuesday morning cooked coming out on tuesday we have the old fucks talking all things dynamite on thursday uh, you know, and then Saturday we try to have dose shows with the Smack Daddies and Rampage. But Rampage right now, while not the best, still watchable. Uh, 100% there will be a show this weekend. Um, then you know that leads us right back into the flagship show next Sunday. If you're listening to us from other feeds, go to Patreon.com/SNME Radio for five dollars a month. You get every single show we do plus our back catalog plus entrance to the zoom rooms for our after parties which gives you a voice on the after party and in a few weeks it's going to be after party galore and after cast galore as we go through clash at the castle all out and worlds collide he's matt i'm boris remember stay tranquilo Check out the TikTok. Come say hi if you're at Raw and you recognize this handsome mug. We'd love to say hello and, uh, you know, reach out to the fans. And uh, most importantly, I, 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 I.